Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive & June. Olive & June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive & June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive & June, too, is it's a quick dry. It dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Welcome to the Insomnia Project, the holiday episodes. Thank you for joining us today as we discuss more mundane things around the holidays, hoping to have you get into a relaxed state, and who knows, maybe even sleep. I'm your host, Marco Timpano, and joining me... I'm Amanda Barker. I would say comforting state. Comforting state, you know, the holidays can be a little bit um, stressful. We're hoping that this podcast will relieve some of that stress. Hopefully. Amanda, Hmm. talk to me about the type of blanket you like to cuddle into in front of a fire. Oh, uh, I don't because I find the fire usually is quite warm. So I I don't really want a blanket. It's either blanket or fire. Too much would just be too much on my hot little feet. Okay. Sorry, I'm, that was a real block for you, wasn't it? That well, was I just feel like you're being contrarian. To I'm be not, pre- no. I've seen you cuddle what? in a blanket. When? That little, that white, black polka dotted blanket we have upstairs in front of the, the, the new little fireplace that you oh, have. Oh, okay. Okay. I don't think of those as fireplaces. When you say fi- by the fire, I think of actual fire. I don't think of an electric fireplace. I think of those as electric fireplaces, but I don't think of that like, let's sit by the fire. Okay, fair enough. Sorry. It's all right. <laughs> I feel like I failed. It's one minute in and I've already failed. Okay, well, let me turn it on you. Sure. What blanket do you like to cuddle up in by anything that would represent, even if the TV is playing the, the fireplace channel? All right, so if I have it on the Fireplace channel, which I do love the Fireplace channel, as we've discussed. I on love the, that channel. It's a great channel. I, I feel like they can vary it up, though. I feel like, do we really need to see the same 1991 fire? Could we not update it a little? Yeah, can't we have the Fires. fire in a big mantle, like, you know, those big castle mantles, and then another one that's a little bit smaller? Why can't it be fires from around the world? Like, now we take you to a campsite. Now we take you to a chalet in Sweden. I love that. Now we take you to a bonfire in Hawaii. Like, why can't we just do that? I'm all for that. I want this channel. Yeah, this is sounds like a great channel. Uh, Fire from around the world. I would pay for that channel, actually. Wow. Do, you, do you know there's a, a website you can go to and you can look at windows from around the world? So you can click on it, and every time you reload it, it gives you the view from someone's window around the world. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I think you just 
I don't think it's live feed. I think you just send in, or maybe it is live feed, but I don't think so. I think you just pick your window and be like, okay, here's my window from my corner of the world. This is what I see when I look out the window. And, uh, and then you record like two, three hours of footage nonstop, and then you send it to them. I love that. I know. What do, you, what do you like in your windows around the holidays? And around the holidays? Yeah. It's a good question. So you and I have long um, discussed the, uh, the topic of candles in the windows. Yes. I love them when they're on an old sort of Georgian or colonial style home. I think they're beautiful. That is not our home, so I don't like them as much in our house, but you like them in all houses, right? Well, you're the one who told me that it's a very New England thing. Very New England. To have a candle in every window. It's very New England. In fact, you'll see it from sort of end September in some houses all the way up until like it's not just a holiday thing it's more of it's almost sort of an homage to when the days get shorter oh okay yeah yeah and but you know certainly around the holidays it's it's become part of the holiday tradition i guess I because see. you know when you get to the solstice um that would merit more light and so you know if it's dark by four o'clock you'd want a candle real or imagined or fake or sure whatever, in your window so for, for me that was a tradition that i had never heard of you know you grow up especially in a country like canada where mm. you know the holidays and christmas is certainly celebrated and you reach a certain age and you're like i've heard every tradition everything nothing's new and then you told me about this and i was mm -hmm. like oh this is really great and we don't see it at least not in toronto people putting uh candles in the windows so for me it was something unique to bring um it's definitely forward. um it's definitely a uh, uh new england thing but i think you also do see it in the maritimes because they were a lot of the same people sure the same families cousins and so on who which which side are you going to play for, the U.S. or the U.K. back in the day? Um, and uh, so you'll see them in the East Coast as well. And they have those big, grand, old, not honestly, not so much Victorian homes. It's it's really beautiful in a Georgian home. Okay. That's, that sort of, you know, beautiful shutters on the windows, brick or white siding or, you know, wood. But usually like a brick home with nice shutters, you know, door right in the middle. The kind of home you kind of draw as a kid, I think, a little bit. Those types of homes, maybe a wider version of that, you know, but like two windows on either side of the door and and then four windows across the top, like that kind of home. Right, right, right. I think that's Georgian, I'm pretty sure. Um, so, yeah, I think that would be part of the maritime. Certainly the candles would have been beautiful for some of the fishing communities and fishing sure. villages. Have we talked about mummers at all? No, but we will after I tell everyone what kind of blanket I cuddle up with because oh, you did yeah. ask me that. That was a long That was good tangent. four minutes ago. So I'm sure our listeners are like, "What? what's the blanket of Marco? So I like a blanket that covers me completely, so not a skimpy little blanket, mm -hmm. one that I can, you know, have my arms over so I can have a, a, a warm beverage, <laughs> but allow it to drape over my legs. And I like a weighted blanket. And I need my feet to know 
that they're free at all times. My feet need to be free. Even though sometimes they're really cold and they need the opposite. Would you say they need to be fancy free? <laughs> sure. Sure. I have some nice uh, nail polish on my toes right now, so they're fancy enough. Do you wear different nail polish for the holidays than you would for the rest of the year? I do. I tend to wear reds during the holidays oh, or metallics. Like a silver? Yeah. I have like a dark red right now on my toes, but like, yeah, I love like a sparkly metallic for New Year's or a nice gold. Um, I You don't know this, but I'm actually getting my nails done next week. Oh, I didn't know that at all. I am. I found a woman who needs hand models. Wait for it. I know I'm not one and we've talked about my claws before, but I qualify. <laughs> and so she, she needs them for her portfolio. So she's going to do some crazy design on my nails. I'm did, not I'm did, not going to get fake nails. Though. Did you mention that I was a hand model? Do you want crazy polka dots on your fingers? Do you think that would be great? Well, I wouldn't be against it. I, I didn't say my husband's a hand model. Can you put some nice acrylic tips on him? <laughs> well, couldn't couldn't I just get like a, a nice cleanup job? And She doesn't need a cleanup job for her portfolio. She needs to show people she can do a cool leopard print design or something. So God knows what's going to happen to my fingers, but I'm going to do it anyway. But she looked at your hands and said that they would. She hasn't seen them yet. I see. She was like, no cuts. So I'm like trying not to pick at them. Oh, okay. It might all go south. <laughs> she might see my hands and send me away. Dear listeners, you need to know, for those of us <laughs> joining joining the podcast, because there's going to be some people now that a- Apple Podcasts just featured our podcast on their carousel. I didn't know that. Yeah. That's yeah. exciting. So we're going to have some, hopefully have some listeners who have never listened before. Oh, wow. So. Amanda and I are married, and I'm a hand model, and so I have what people call nice hands. I don't love my hands, but they're beautiful. Hands. They're they're nice. And Amanda, my wife, oh god, her hands are not the most. What is happening? Not the most. Um, how can I describe? I don't know how this sentence is going to end, but I'm dying to know. Well, let's just say she she bites her hands a bit, oh and so gosh. that they can be a little bit gnarly no, at no. best okay no Why i don't not? accept this i have beautiful conical nails i don't have little spatulate fingernails i have the kind of nails that naturally grow long the kind of nails are, are artificial nails are like kind of based on okay so i have that going for me now i'm a little bit older and arthritic in my old age so they're a little fatter than they used to be a little wider take up more space <laughs> And, uh, but they're not, I'm, I have never had like sausage stubby hands. I always had like little, I have little hands. Fair enough. Just for the record. Yeah. Okay. Do I pick at my nails and cuticles? It's a thing. I do. I try not to. Some months of my life, maybe more and some less. Right now we're in a really good place, my, good. my cuticles and I. I I think there's nothing wrong if you have sausage stubby hands in case anyone's listening. But you're making it sound like I have deformed hands. Hands. No, you don't. You don't. You're like, dear listeners, I don't know how to end the sentence. Amanda just has mangle hands, you know. She has her hands. Are, are hands you'd never want to own. You know, like, how, I don't. What did you say? Not the nicest? Not the nicest. They're not hand model hands. Merry Christmas. I was on set recently spraying. Okay, I'm not a hand model. Fair enough. But I will be next week. And you just wait. <laughs> Well, listen, I guess, I guess, you know, 
I, I will I will be put in my place. Well, who knows? She may see them and be like, you don't qualify, but I now you, I'm going to charge you for Manny Petty, in which case, fine. Now, with your hands, which are going to be featured in some sort of advertisement. No, just portfolio. In someone's portfolio. Would those be the type of hands you would put in a fur muff as you're skating? Yes, and I did. I had a fur muff as a child. You had a fur muff? I loved my muff. <laughs> Where did you get this fur muff from? Um, okay. What it, what happened was, so I was a dancer. We've established this. We've talked yes. at length about the Nutcracker. If this was a Wikipedia page, we'd put a little number and you would click on that to go see more about that. But anyways, I was a dancer. And so every year I would do it. We did it like a December show, like a holiday show. Right. And then we'd do one um, in the in June. Anyway, so we did like a, or it might have been the June show. And we were doing it like around the seasons thing. But I don't know. Anyway, the point is we had a little outfits. Um, you know, we'd order them from a catalog. But my mom was like... I think it would be really fun. Would you guys like it if your if your class, if you guys all came on like you were skating and you had little muffs? So they made so my mother my mother's version of crafts is like just get it done quickly. So she she took poster board, but you guys in Canada call it what? Bristol board. Bristol board. Okay. I wonder what they call it in the UK. Probably Bristol board. Probably it comes from Bristol. From Bristol, yeah. Bristolshire. Anyway, um, so she just took it, like, take, like, one thing of poster board, Bristol board, whatever, and cut it up into, like, three, roll it up, staple it, and then she took, like, um, marabou fur. You know what I mean by that? that now, like, what is marabou? I think it's, I don't know, it's a bird or something. Maybe it's ostrich? I don't know. Okay. I don't actually know, but it's, like, the puffy little fur, like... Not like the big feather boa, but like the little stringy kind of version. Anyway, I feel like we were watching a program and they were talking about marabou fur a lot. Everything in the dance world was marabou because okay. it's like it's what it's like the type of fur that you would line like a skater's skirt in the Olympics okay. with, you know, like that kind of fluffy trim, but it's not too big or too fluffy. Anyway. This just in. Okay. Bristol board is not named after the city of Bristol what? in the southwest of England, but rather after Frederick Hervey, the Earl of Bristol. Oh, so okay. Well, it's still Bristol. No, but it's not named after the ci- the town, oh. the city. It's named after this. And Earl. in the states, it's named after George Poster <laughs> of Arkansas. Okay, <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, so she cut up poster board. She rolled it up, rolled up that piece, stapled it together, and then I think stapled. Maybe glued. I don't know. Marabou fur around it. So then we had this like circular little white fluffy thing. And then they, were, they made like, I think they just put a ribbon through it and, and tied that to our neck. And then we like came on like we were skating with our hands in the muff. But I was so into it that I got her to make me like a proper one, I think. That's my memory. Wow. It's a lot on muffs. Well, I'll tell you this. Marabou describes a certain type of down feather trimming. Oh, it's down. Okay. Although it takes its name from the marabou stork. Oh. Whose undertail down was once provided once provided those feathers, white turkey feathers have been used as a substitute. Oh, I see. Maybe that's why marabou is so popular in New England. Maybe that's why we, we eat, love our turkeys. We eat turkey around the holidays too. 
because they made marabou muffs? You know, yeah, well, because they're plucking the turkey. They might as well use the, the, the meat for delicious holiday feast. Okay, so you were talking about windows and right. holiday things. And I thought, oh, what a, maybe we'll talk about Christmas from one side of Canada to the other. Sure. But we didn't get very far with that. But I thought we would talk about mummers. But I didn't know if anyone had, has already talked about that. No, we haven't talked about mummers. Really? Oh, okay. So I'm not from Newfoundland. Uh, I think we've talked a lot about the fact that I'm from New England. But I did move to New Brunswick in the Maritimes as a teenager. So I'm kind of from both. In any event, um, in the East Coast of Canada, but very particularly in Newfoundland, there's different names actually in different parts of Canada for this tradition. But the one that's most known is the one in Newfoundland. And mummers, I believe, were rebel rousers. Oh. People that would, uh, and I believe it was over the holidays, would go from door to door, kind of like the rowdiest carolers you could ever imagine. And they would clang pots and pans and yelp and sing. And I think part of it was you had to let them in no matter what, like you couldn't refuse them. I might be making that up, but no, I think you couldn't refuse them. And then they'd come into your house and have a kitchen party. Um, I think that's true. And so in Fredericton, I was part of a group called the Calithumpians, and we were always told anyway that Calithumpian was what they called this group in Fredericton, uh, and then later they named it after a, a, a theater troupe after it because it was sort of, again, we were like, we had our own, like we carried our backdrop around, put right. it up, performed in the park. Um, do you know anything more about Mumming, because it's called mum mumming too, right? No, but do you, do you know about the tradition of wassailing? Oh, well, I think it's very similar. Yeah. Well, I know wassailing because I used to work at a golf course, country club. Okay. Um, I did not grow up in New England or New Brunswick or the east coast of Canada, but rather a suburb of Toronto. Okay. And we happened to have not much in my town, but we did have a gorgeous golf course country club. And so it was very, um, very old school. Like it felt very like the people who were there, you know, it was kind of this like, oh, this kind of is everything that they're doing is kind of trailing off. Mm -hmm. They would go for cocktail hour. They would sit like it was just it felt very old fashioned. Mm -hmm. And so they would do this around the holidays. They'd have. A wassailable is what they called it, where okay. they had these wassailers come in. Okay. And um, they would be dressed in sort of... So wait, when you... The carol, here we go a wassailing? Yeah. Should actually be here we go wassailing? Oh, I guess maybe they're wassailers. I don't know. We we always called it the wassailable, but maybe it is the wassailable. Um, I don't know. I don't know. It's a... So just so we know, it's a tradition that falls into two distinct categories. The house visit or the wassail... And the orchard visit was sale or was oh. or however you want to okay. pronounce it. The house visiting was sale is the practice of people going door to door, singing, singing and offering drink from the was okay. in exchange for gifts. Okay. This practice supposedly still exists. So um, mumming. So it is called mumming or mummering. So I was right there. 
Um, it's a house. Oh, are you still in Wasail? Well, I was going to talk about the orchard visiting. Oh, yeah. Was, no, that's, that's very important. This refers to the ancient custom of visiting orchards in either cider producing regions of England, oh. uh, reciting incantations and singing to the trees to promote a good harvest for the coming year. Yeah, sing to those trees. Yeah. That's, uh, that'll get it there. That's Trees love to be sang to. I think they do, right? I do. Isn't there a... Aren't there studies that plants talking, talking to plants? Sure. I think so. And there's a song here. Here we come a wassailing. I I always knew it as wassailing. Okay. Here we come a wassailing. So fair, so fair to be seen. Love and joy come to you. That yeah, one. Yeah, that's the one. Um. So okay, mumming mm. or mummering. So I was right because it's both. It is also from the United Kingdom, but also from Ireland. So it's a bit more of an Irish tradition. Sure. And so now it's it's, I mean. There's a lot of Irish tradition that ended up in Newfoundland and Labrador, and uh, most will argue that the accents have a lot of similarities there. Like, sure. Like any dialect, it's it's sat on its own for a while, so it's it has its own identity certainly. But um, also known, it's also known as jannying. It oh, typically yeah. involves a group of friends or family, and this is the part I knew there was another piece to it. They dress in disguise. Oh. Yeah, they disguise themselves. So they do. They wear like masks or like bags on their heads, like that kind of thing. And they visit homes within their community or neighboring communities. And it happens during the 12 days of Christmas. I see. I see. Yeah. So this is the part I was like, I think it's a thing. It is. If the mummers are welcomed into a house, they do a variety of informal performances. Because I was like, it turns into a kitchen party. Right. Yeah. So it could be, you know, jokes, recitations, dance, music. The, uh, Newfoundlanders love that kind of variety thing where it's like a fiddle sure. and then someone telling stories and then some music. Um, the hosts have to guess the mummer's identities before offering them food or drink. They may poke and prod the mummers or ask them questions. And that's a whole tradition of asking the mummers right. questions. That's why I was like, I think there's a thing where they call your house and all that, like they from the street. Um, the mummers may stuff their costumes or speak in speak while inhaling which is called, by the way, ingressive speech. And the reason I bring that up is because that's something you say I do a lot. She does that a lot. And it's an it's a East Coast thing. Is it really? Yeah. Now, okay, before you... Ingressive speech, yeah. Before you go on with mummery, have you ever met mummers or have you ever mummered? No, I feel like it's one of those things where everyone knows about it and talks about it and knows someone who has done it, but... You're pretty hard pressed. I mean, I feel like caroling maybe is a little bit like that. Like, how many people are like, oh, carolers? Uh, yeah, we go caroling every year. Well, maybe some people do. We know some carolers, professional carolers. But they're professional. That's what I mean. Like, they go to malls and stuff. Oh, it's not enough. like, yeah, Christmas Eve, I could be with my family, but what I really like to do is go sing at strangers' house. Like, or you go to a friend's house, but right. I don't know anybody who, like, like, can you imagine if there was actually carolers on our street? Have you have you ever caroled before? <laughs> yeah, I have. Oh, you have. So that's why I'm kind of discounting what I'm my theory here because I when I lived in New Brunswick, uh, my sister's at the time boyfriend, who was like an established part of our family, he was very musical and he loved caroling, and so uh -huh. he would get a group together. And at least one year, I remember going caroling, but we would go to friends' houses. It wasn't like we just went to random houses, which is how you see it in the movies. Okay, so here's a song that often gets caroled. 
and that is the 12 days of Christmas. So let me tell you a story about that song. Okay. Can I? Yeah, you've got four minutes before the end of the... Really? Well, we can go a little bit longer. Okay, well, it's a maritime, just, let's just, we've, let's we've just talked just about leave, East Coast stuff. So. Yeah, let's leave Mummers alone and get into 12 Days of Christmas. Okay, so <laughs> so actually, when I was a Calithumpian, um, so we've established what that is, so I was part of this theater troupe, and so we did most of our stuff in the summer, but we got hired to do Christmas episode, uh, Christmas um, uh, events, at Christmas time, and so we holiday parties and, yeah, and things like yeah. that. So we got invited to this big holiday party in this huge opulent hotel, and it happened to be full of people that I, you know, went to high school with, and they were at that point. I was in my twenties, so I was still trying to, you know, figure my life out as an actor, and they were settled into their, you know, two car garages. So sure. I was in a different place. Anyway, so here I am, part of this ragtag little band of Calithumpians, but we're making some money, some, you know, going to this Christmas party. And so we're telling, much as the Calithumpians did, we would do fiddle songs and we would tell jokes, tell stories. But one of the things that we were supposed to do was the 12 Days of Christmas, and we had rewritten it for the company. Okay. So it was like the the 12, I don't know if I should say the company name, but... No, you don't have to. Anyway, I mean, I can, but... Insert your company name here. It, it was like the 12 days of blah, 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 diversified. <laughs> anyway. Okay. Like, that's not the name right. of it. Right, you but... would just pick the company yeah. and you would just... Anyway, uh... the 12 days of, you know, whatever sure. company. So, you know, we filled it all in, but they insisted, the way they played the song... Started at one. Don't ever start what? at one. What because you, you start at one? Because then you do one, the first day of Christmas, oh, my just, true love you, gave to me. So then you have to do one and two. two and, and then, then one and two and three. And then one and two and three and four. But it has to be one, two, three, and four, and then back, doesn't it? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So it takes, the point is, it was like a 25-minute song that really, like, the joke was over in minute five. I see. Like, but the joke was over minute three, like. But to be fair, that's the proper way to do the song. You scale know, up and but, you scale down, but, right? Yeah, but when you're doing a corporate well, sure. Christmas show, a corporate, anyway, a corporate the point is, is it was painful mm. and uh, awkward. And that's my story. Okay. My, my question, which has less to do with the Calithumpians and whatever you did back wow. then. Well, I'm just saying. I feeling some Calithumpian hostility here. Well, I didn't realize. Our listeners are like... No, you I know, think it's fascinating. Walking down Calithumpian Lane. But people, but that's a real specific tradition of New Brunswick, of sure. Fredericton, New Brunswick. It's actually specific to Fredericton. And they they still exist today and they have a really rich history of hundreds of years. I think it's very fascinating. Listen, I should be the last one to talk because I certainly heard an earful with regarding the Nutcracker episode where I cut your nutcracking explanations off. You sure did. I never even got to say that the tea was from China and the coffee was from Arabia and it, I woke up in the middle of the night with that thought. Did you really? Yeah. I was like, oh, I didn't mention that it resembled a feast. Don't worry. You can I, mention it now. I mentioned it in a, in a later episode okay. that you clearly don't remember. All right. So let me ask you this. Mm. The 12 days of Christmas, I don't get what each day represents. Like, what does it represent? And why are there lords leaping old and all things. that business? Old things. Is it just old things we don't Christmas get anymore? Christmas was, like, mostly invented by, like, 
British people in the 1800s. I don't know. Like all the carols were like. I I don't think Christmas. (laughs) All of Catholicism will. Christmas will agree with me. Can I get like all the like all the fun like? Can I get a listener to please please stencil this on a T-shirt for me (laughs) that says Christmas was invented by what did you say? British people in the 1800s. It was. All the carols, pretty much. It's because that's what we're used to here in Canada. I just mean the stuff that we love, caroling, wassailing, turkey dinner, you know, bless us, everyone. Like, it's all, that's all, you know. Maybe that's your your business, but I'll tell you this. Okay, it is my business. I've already eaten two panettones this this holiday season. Your Christmas is very different than my, uh, than my... My British fantasy Christmas. And we were in a restaurant. So, okay. While Amanda explores her I thought we only had four minutes left when I was, like, talking about the Christmas party gone wrong. You hadn't even gotten to the Christmas party, and we had already surpassed those four minutes. So let me just finish with this. We were in a restaurant, an Italian pizzeria. It was, like, very authentic in Niagara-on-the-Lake. And they had what I grew up with, which which is called a presepio in Italian, but it's a nativity scene that is sort of put on display in your home, so that dust collectors. Listen, you do you want to offend everyone who has? Uh, I mean, you you clearly have no problems offending our British listeners. No, are you clearly. kidding? I'm I fangirl our British listeners. <laughs> it's all I'm a fan. Our Italian listeners, like myself, I'm a fan. I'm married in. I guess. Anyways. Amanda's not a big fan of this, but we used to put out... Oh, a manger scene? Yeah, it's called a nativity scene, not a manger scene. Let me just tell this story. It's called Christian tchotchkes. All right, Amanda. Let's not offend people (laughs) who are into that. Taking a turn. And and that's how they lost thousands of (laughs) listeners. Listen, I'm a big fan. I'm just going to say this. I'm a big fan. So the presepio or the nativity scene in an Italian household would be set up like this. You would have a little area, you'd put a table together, and then you would have different um, different sort of little statues or different wooden carvings of the scene that took place uh, back in the day in Bethlehem for the birth of Christ, right? So you'd have, you know, the manger, and baby Jesus only shows up. You only uncover it or, or put him in the manger on Christmas. So the whole scene is set up without the baby there it appears on the last day oh i see and you've got like uh shepherds and and shepherds and and sheep the wise men frankincense all that kind of stuff right and and some drummer boy some people make a very elaborate landscape with it so you'll see the star in the background you'll see little hills and whatnot so i went to a very good friend of mine mark mark d'angelis he's been on the show i went to his parents house one time and I looked, and they had a really beautiful, beautifully set up nativity scene <laughs> with all, like, like sweeping hills and palm trees and whatnot. And as you went out further, you'd see, like, you know, perspective and, like, sh- shepherds and sheep in the distance and whatnot. And you'd just be looking. I always forget the Middle East part of this. So I was looking, and I was looking at all the little, all the little carvings and whatnot, and I would see, like, a a shepherd, a drummer boy, uh, some sheep, a dinosaur, a Snoopy. And I was like, wait a second. <laughs> How did these end up in the landscape, right? 
And Mark's like, I don't know. They were toys when we were kids, and I guess we used to put them in the nativity scene, and so now they've become an essential part (laughs) of the nativity scene. So that was one thing that always made me laugh. And Anytime I think or see a nativity scene, I always remember Mark's with great affection anytime I think of a nativity scene. That's very sweet. Yeah. So that's another tradition from another part of the world. Of Mm -hmm. course, we get a lot of traditions from Germany, the tree, Mm -hmm. wreaths, things like that. Mm -hmm. So, Oh, Tannenbaum, right? Everyone knows that version, right? Yeah. And then, of course, A Holy Night and The First Noel are French carols that everyone knows. Oh, yeah. That's right. Because Celine Dion does a pretty uh, amazing version of each, right? Oh, she does. Imagine going to a Christmas concert of Celine Dion. That'd be amazing. I saw Celine Dion live. I know, but not Celine Dion at Christmas. Well, I'll tell you, Celine Dion at regular time is pretty fantastic. Here's here's what I want to do. I ma- imagine Celine Dion playing old Quebec City, like the old part of Quebec City, outside on Christmas Eve. Wouldn't that be amazing? Oh, be tr- Listen. <laughs> I'm going to say this to it's, our It doesn't listeners. exist, but I want it to. I'm just making up concerts. We were in Quebec to. City one time when she was doing a free concert, and we hopped on a bus to try to go see her. You were, not not me and you. Me, you, Stella, and Mauro. We were in Quebec City. Oh, really? We? She was doing a free concert? Remember we got on that bus, and we could never get to where she was until... I do remember a bus ride going... Like, we just kept going in circles. So, yeah. I'm pretty sure it was Quebec City. That's where we were. Or was it Montreal? Montreal, maybe. No, we would have, if it was Montreal, we would have found it, I think. Well, in any event, like this conversation, it was going in circles. Well, I'll tell you this. If you have an opportunity to see Celine Dion, do not forfeit that opportunity because I saw her when I was in my teens and I really didn't care about her or her music. Mm -hmm. And I happened to see her by chance. And when you hear her voice live, it is... A totally different thing. I've but, never but heard... But hearing her voice live singing Oh Holy Night in French, come on, that'd be amazing. That would be amazing. I, I, I know we're out of time. Mm-hmm. I would love to talk about... Chris. I love talking about live Christmas events. And you and I went to a beautiful Christmas concert one year. But I think maybe we'll save that. That was at the Grand Old Opry? Yeah. All right, the well, Ryman, yeah. You'll tune in in the next couple of days and you'll hear us pick up and tell that story. Until then, thank you for being with us as we meandered our as way through. As we mummered through. our way through. We certainly did mummer our way through mm-hmm. this, this episode. Guess who we are? It's us. Feed us. Until next time, we hope you're able to listen, relax, get yourself a nice warm blanket, and who knows, maybe even fall asleep.